Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. And welcome, I'm Jim Fryer, Managing Editor of Inside Towers. Thank you for joining us for this weekly recap of our stories that happened over the week. Obviously, this was a short week for us. We all had a, hopefully a great Monday and uh, relaxing time off, but uh, got back into it Tuesday. Joining me today is our Washington Bureau Chief, Leslie Stimson. And Leslie, what? Uh, how did the week kick off for us? Well, Jim, the FCC on Tuesday voted to pause changes to its 4.9 gigahertz rules. The Public Safety Spectrum Alliance asked uh, for that because they wanted the commission to reconsider the changes that were voted on last September. At the time, the prior FCC said the band was underused. The new rules would allow a single statewide licensee in each state to lease some or all of the spectrum to third parties. Uh, regardless of whether they plan to provide public safety operations. So um, the public safety groups, the uh, Association of Public Safety Communications Officials, um, the National Public Safety Telecommunications Council, and the Public Safety Spectrum Alliance asked the agency to reconsider. Um, They questioned efforts to protect current and future public safety use of the band. So the FCC said, yes, we think reconsidering this is a good idea, and they are going to hold off on implementing the changes. Commissioner Brendan Carr, who had voted for the changes last fall, was disappointed. So, Jim, what else happened on Tuesday? Well, in Canada, uh, there's some infighting going on with the the carriers. Obviously, as we all know, there's the big three in Canada, uh, TELUS, Rogers, and, and BCE, who control approximately 90% of the market. And in a measure that was proposed in 2016 uh, to encourage competition by lowering fees for smaller companies, that was dismissed by the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, better known as the CRCT. And of course, the big three came out and they applauded that. However, the as you can guess, the smaller carriers uh, did not. A uh, vice president with a company called Tech Savvy Solutions one of the more minor carriers up there, said, quote, the CRTC run by a former TELUS VP just gave a giant middle finger to consumers uh, in the ISPs in competition and gave carte blanche to Bell, Rogers, et al. to raise our internet rates as much as they damn well want, ad infinitum. So um, people feeling a little hot under the collar up there in uh, in Canada and, and uh taking no prisoners as far as their comments go. Uh, For its part, Bell officials responded, calling the CRTC's ruling a, quote, positive decision. But then I guess they would. Uh, What about Tuesday at the FCC? What happened there? Another big thing that happened on Tuesday was uh, FCC acting chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel said she anticipates um, a really packed agenda for the FCC's June 17th meeting One of the things the agency plans to vote on, um, they want to launch a proceeding aimed at increasing telecom security by closing a loophole that members of Congress say Huawei, ZTE, and other companies have been exploiting. 
In 2020, the FCC adopted new rules to require U.S. telecoms to build new networks and at the same time rip out and replace equipment provided by and rip out unsecure equipment made by Chinese carriers. Um, Build, rip and replace. Yeah, the the rip and replace, exactly. So the rules that only apply to equipment purchased with federal funding, they didn't cover uh, what if you used private money to buy the same gear. And that's the loophole the FCC wants to close. The point is to help keep insecure devices off the market said Rosenworcel. And that's the gist of that story. I guess we're moving on to Wednesday. Well, on Wednesday, and actually this, this entire week, it's been a busy week for our friends at American Tower. On Wednesday, they closed funding for the Tuxius Tower acquisition. This one was comprised of nearly 20,000 sites in Germany and Spain that uh, American Tower plunked down $7.6 billion U.S. money and uh, was funded by a combination of cash on hand and borrowings from the company's revolving credit facilities. So approximately 4,000 additional rooftop communication sites in Germany are expected to close in the third quarter of 2021. Uh, the CEO, Tom Bartlett at American Towers said, well, we we're excited to close on these high quality, well-located assets and are ready to quickly and efficiently integrate them into our existing European portfolio. As one of the largest independent communication infrastructure providers in Europe, we believe we are now optimally positioned to benefit from accelerating 5G deployment across the region through a combination of organic growth, new builds, and the potential for selective future acquisitions. Now, having said that, uh, I guess he knew a couple of days later that they would be then closing on the next round of financing and the final round of financing for um, Telxius's Latin American portfolio, which are 7,000 sites in Brazil, Peru, Chile, and Argentina. And for that, uh, they paid a total of $1.1 billion US. Uh, That closing was also funded by a combination of cash on hand and borrowings from the revolving credit facility. Um, And Tom Bartlett there said, we are pleased to add more than 7,000 sites to our extensive portfolio of communications infrastructure across Latin America. With Telefonica as our anchor tenant, partner and attractive opportunities for co-location as 4G and 5G deployments accelerate, we expect to drive strong, sustainable long-term growth and attractive returns in the region while helping to enhance mobile broadband connectivity for hundreds of millions of people. American Tower expects these assets to generate about $70 million U.S. in property revenue and approximately $40 million U.S. in gross margin for the balance of 2021. So busy day for a uh, busy week for, for American Tower. And that, uh, that closed out Friday with the Latin American group. Uh, so back to the FCC on, on Wednesday. What was going on there? Well, um we did dived more into President Joe Biden's budget request to Congress. Usually um, those don't make it through Congress unscathed, but it's interesting to see what the president um, would like. In this case, he's um, giving the FCC what they want. The whole budget is six trillion. The FCC is asked for over 387 million, which would be uh, more than a three and a half percent increase over 
uh, the last fiscal year. They are asking for over $128,000 in budget authority for the spectrum auction programs. They say the spectrum auctions have generated over 210 billion for government use. And the cost of the program has been less than 2.2 billion of the total auction revenue. They also want to hire more people. They seek 1,550 full-time equivalent. That's how the FCC describes a a position. Um, They want that funded by the budget authority um, from regulatory fees, offsetting collections, the spectrum auctions program, and other budget authorities provided by the president and Congress. Well, and, as, the, as the late great Senator yeah. Everett Dirksen said, a billion here, a billion there, after a while it adds up to real money. It's, it's interesting because the FCC has been cutting people over the years. They recently moved in, well, during COVID, they moved into an even smaller building, I remember when they were on M Street across from CBS and they had uh, they were all in different buildings then. And then when they went to the portals, the idea there was to consolidate everybody in the agency into one building. Now they're they're shrinking again because the overall the government is shrinking. Um, COVID put a spotlight on broadband gaps and the FCC says it wants to focus on advancing access to communications. It will pursue policies to bring affordable, reliable, high-speed broadband to 100% of the company, or the country, excuse me. On Thursday, we led off with a story by our own Sharp Smith. I'll open with with the opening sentence that that Sharp wrote so beautifully. Uh, This is regarding the uh, CEO of Verizon who uh, was speaking at a, a J.P. Morgan Technology Media Communications Conference last week. And uh, Hans Vestberg is, uh, of course, the CEO of Verizon. And uh, Sharp led off with this sentence. Like a big animal awakening from hibernation, America is stirring from its quarantine-induced slumber. Verizon has a front-row seat to what Time Magazine termed, quote, the great reopening of the country. So, well said, Sharp. And with that opening, uh, Hans Vestberg was uh, very optimistic about what he sees moving forward, saying that the cell tower uh, handovers, which were down in some urban areas, are now up to 70% during the last year, according to Vestberg. And they've pretty much recovered uh, to pre-COVID numbers. Vestberg said that people are moving around much more, he said. We'll see a steep curve depending on how people return to urban areas in the distribution chains. He also said we are seeing good traction in our stores with much more traffic coming into them. So clearly, we definitely see that the market is coming back around. So some hopeful news from from, uh, Mr. Vestberg. Uh, Also on Thursday, we reported that um, just because you live in the Hamptons and you're well off doesn't mean you get great reception. We hear reports that that it's, it's tough to get a signal sometimes. Uh, in, in fact, Hampton residents there uh, said at times they have no reception at all uh, and are actually going out into their yards uh, or in their cars for a signal. Uh, one resident, this was a New York Times report, saying, uh, quoting one resident as saying that poor reception is, quote, bananas in this day and age. And she pointed out that the lack of cell service could be life-threatening. 
quote, we all know in the emergency services, there are places where radios and cell phones might not work. You go off the road in one of those places and you're sort of out of luck. Uh, so um, it was interesting to see that, um, you know, just, just because you're, you're living in Northern Long Island and, and a nice resort home that uh, you still might have to go out in your yard. So uh, hopefully that's uh, be addressed by local gentry and local po- politicians over the course of time because uh, tourist season is, is heating up and uh, they're going to need more connectivity. So, uh, Yeah, Verizon uh, is aware of the problem. One of their spokespeople said in the story, they're committed to investing in the infrastructure necessary to provide robust wireless services to these traditionally seasonal communities. And so what did we close off the week with Friday, Leslie? Well, the FCC reached agreements with three major carriers, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon, um, to begin delivering 911 vertical location information within a week. Um, This kind of information helps 911 call centers point first responders to where the wireless caller is in a multi-story building. Um, the idea is to reduce response times and ultimately save lives. The Enforcement Bureau had opened investigations into the three carriers, wanting them to know what if they had the technology necessary to implement this and meet the FCC's deadlines. And they went back and forth. And finally, this week, uh, they reached an agreement, a consent decree, which basically ends any court action. It ends any investigation. Each carrier agrees to make a $100,000 settlement payment to the U.S. Treasury, and they agree to start providing Z-access, which is vertical information from the wireless callers to the 911 call centers within seven days. They also agreed to implement a compliance plan. Um, and a compliance plan is very typical. It's you, you set up a person in the company to make sure you're in contact with the FCC on rules and that you're following what you're supposed to be doing, filing the right paperwork and meeting your, your deadlines. Um, and FCC acting uh, chairwoman, Jessica Rosenworcel, you know, wanted to jumpstart this and said uh, that it was taking too long. And she said, these Settlements accomplish what has evaded the agency for too long. They ensure that the FCC, public safety, and wireless carriers work together to immediately start delivering this information to first responders without further delay. And that wraps up the week. Great. Right. Well, that's going to make a huge difference to, to first responders, not know, knowing not just where the where the emergency is at, but, but how well, high what up, what floor. floor exactly. Yeah. Yeah, when you're trying so I, to rescue someone in a big, tall building. Yeah. Sure, I, I can see where that's uh, being pushed forward as a priority for the for the FCC. So good, good for them for for pushing that through. And that wraps up our week in review. Thanks for listening. On behalf of Leslie Stimson, our Washington bureau chief, I'm Jim Fryer, managing editor of Inside Towers. Thanks for reading Inside Towers, and thanks for listening. InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.